Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Resting Place Tampa. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear. And we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org. Today you have an amazing, a wonderful opportunity. Uh, Georgian and Winnie Banoff are with us, if you didn't know. Uh, you might be like, why are there no seats or cars, lots in the parking lot? That's why, you know? Well, maybe not. It's usually like that. But anyway, then I am. It might be a little weird for you. But these two people, I, there's no one else on this planet who has contributed more to my view of the gospel than these two. They have shaped and formed 99% of what I teach every single week with all of you, probably 99.9%, okay? And there's there's a mark on my heart. The, it's a Georgian when he sighs mark, okay? I've been around the world with them, and the way they love, the way they've shown me to love the poor, the way they've poured out their lives with generosity, the way they've sat with the Word of God and shown themselves as workmen approved, you know, like the true workmen approved. It's been like 30 years, 30 years in the message, right? Been laboring over this finished work message for 30 plus years. Y'all listen, like any freedom you feel in here, it's a direct result of their influence. I'm not joking. I'm not joking. I'm not joking at all. I'm not. So it's a great privilege to bring them. And today they're going to split the time. We're going to bend time, split it and bend it. It's going to be good. They're going to tag team. So you get both of them, actually. So yeah, come on, isn't that exciting? And Georgian's gonna go first. So would you stand to your feet and welcome Apostle Georgian Banoff to the stage? Come on, louder than that. Love you. Super proud, super proud of what the Lord is doing here. We had a wonderful evening uh, last Friday night. So we had a wonderful time. But we miss, miss having fellowship. We're up in north. And, of course, with latest uh, craziness, it, we travel, we've traveled less. However, we are traveling in the spirit. Our heart is always with you. I know some of you don't know me and my funny accent. I'm not Texan. I'm from Bulgaria. And I, I have a little book of my escape story. Uh, how I managed to get out of communism because I was born and raised in a, a, where communists have established their ruthless, demonic control over the nation of Bulgaria. My parents, uh, they were divorced, they didn't grow up with that, but my parents on both sides uh, were born in freedom, but somehow uh, they've lost the freedom, and by the time I was born, they couldn't even say a peep to me as a kid, except only what the communists were teaching us in a school. They could not say a thing. I did not know my background because both families were wealthy, especially my dad's, my mom's side, they own a factory for sunflower seed refinery. And, uh, and so I never knew anything about that because it was this People who had means of any sort were the enemy. Capitalism is what these dark forces today want to destroy. But beyond ca cap capitalism, they want to destroy America. Because America is most uh, strongest in its 
in its you know resemblance of what free enterprise is, free market capitalism, and and uh, Karl Marx went against that uh, with with this vicious, very demonic, very demonic. The guy is anti-God. He's not anti-political or anything. He he's number one. He's anti-God and. And God is the rewarder. God loves to reward those who deal into the seeking. But he does, loves to reward anybody who works hard and, and wants to do better in life. And so Karl Marx hates God. And he, he can't stand that God will reward some more than others. And he can't, he can't stand it. He, he was like the devil himself. Satan impersonified in, in that one Jewish, Jewish young man who actually became influenced by Christianity because parents, both Jewish parents went to church somehow. Maybe they're born again. I'm not sure. And I don't really know what happened to this young man. Perhaps the church did something wrong and something that, um, you know, it happened. But, um, but he got bitter. He got very, very bitter as a young Christian guy and left the church, left Christ. In fact, his uh, best, biggest supporters, uh, another wealthy Jewish guy named uh, Friedrich Engels, who uh, also was on fire for God. Amazing that both these young people, at one point, they were on fire for God. Uh, Friedrich Engels was a powerful theologian, wrote fiery things, good things, you know, and then eventually both fell away from that and became bitter against God. And so what we have experiencing lately in the last year and a half or so, using health kind of issue, but really they're, they're pounding long-weighted, control over people. The dark force has been in, in, in subversive, or is that, what's the word, that secretly kind of invading, a planning for like 40, 50 year plan, perhaps even longer. But since I've been here, when I arrived in California, escaped from the communism, very dramatic, dangerous thing, crazy, but I didn't know God. I just, I just knew that I could not sustain, I can't stand here and be controlled anymore. You know, and uh, the reason I felt that way, especially because, um, you know, we, was, we were trained to be Lenin's children of Lenin. Like, Lenin was a daddy, and I hated Lenin. We did not like him at all. And, but what are you going to do? That's it. That's the only daddy you're supposed to have. Until we heard about another Lenin, John Lennon, and we like him. <laughs> he's, he's the, she loves you. Yay, yay, Lennon. Okay, this is a, this could be a good daddy now. We like that daddy, you know, so. So me and three boys started the first rock band in Bulgaria. And it was, we weren't very good at all, actually, whatsoever. But there was no way to prove that because there was no other band at the time. And so people thought we were pretty good and eventually got better, got put on national television. And, of course, there's only one channel. So it's not like you could surf for Saturday. There's nothing else to see. So overnight, we're the number one Bulgarian band <laughs> because there's no number two. And so we, we dominated the charts this, we were in, in mid-teenage, 14, 15, and, and so we enjoy that kind of uh, popularity overnight, practically, and like any time we have a, a place like this, or much bigger, up to 2,000, the largest halls in Bulgaria, it will be packed with young people who will be excited by the, the, the rock music or semi-rock, whatever we were, we were getting there, but we were dangerous eventually for the communists because they realized a young people like this large crowd is even more dangerous. And so they try to control the excitement by saying a rule before the concerts. Okay, 
no clapping during the song, uh, only at the end a little bit. Like classical music, people always wait until the piece is ready, and then, and then that's it. So, but of course with us, like instantly there's like explosion and people laugh and clap, happy, feel, feel free, you know. Anyways, it was a rebellious freedom, it wasn't God at all, but it was that kind of a freedom. So that would put communists an edge and eventually uh, they, they, they say shut them down because they're getting out of control. So uh, they shut us down and that pushed me to want to escape and be a be away from this and go to a free country, you know, um, where, like, our Lenin daddy was, like, in Britain or whatever, anywhere, anywhere but Bulgaria. And so, by the time, Bulgaria uh, was part of the Eastern, Eastern Europe, Eastern Bloc, and the, the entire Europe. Remember the Berlin Wall? Anybody remember the Berlin Wall? How many remember the Berlin Wall? Okay, half, that's pretty good. Well, all of Europe was divided. Berlin was just the beginning of the north, and everything was divided to Eastern Bloc and Western Bloc. Western is where the free countries were. So I did wanted to be free like that and wanted to go to the free countries. And it was very, very dangerous to get there because it's basically the Iron Curtain was, a, it was a, a curtain of a fence with barbed wire, electricity, uh, minefields in, in many places, and shoot often without warning. In many segments were shooting you down without any warning. Some places there was warning, and the only place they wouldn't shoot you by as, we, as you're trying to run away was a small section around Yugoslavia. For some reason, that was that was the just the Serbia, Yugoslavia, and so me and my friend, guitar player, he says we're gonna run there. We're gonna, but even getting there was very very dangerous. Anyhow, we made it through. We were smuggled by the Polish black market. If you're Polish, yay, you got good, good business, good, 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 good job. And they smuggled us without knowing that we were, we are the ones that smuggled. But we, we escaped and uh, we, we have only six months to find a country that will take us to, to, to come and live. And so we went to all the European countries and they said, no, no, no. And the only place left beside Australia was America. And Australia sounded so far, but America was very scary because, because uh, the communists have trained us to think that America is the worst place in the, in the, in the world, <laughs> universe. The worst place to live is nothing but uh, cowboys shooting each other and, <laughs> and, and or mafia. They, they, if one don't kill you, then the mafia will kill you and everybody's like a robot for money and just worse, worse. In fact, I was in the Soviet-controlled army, Bulgarian army, under the Soviet uh, regime, and I, I was a gunner in a Russian tank. And yeah, every target that we were shooting and practicing was American. <laughs> and so I was trained to kill you. Aren't you glad I got saved? So I'm just, I'm just throwing the joy bombs on you and bliss bullets and blessings. Amen. No more enemies. So if you're, if you're a veteran like me, I'll give you a hug afterwards because I love you. Those days of, you know, the is over. Um, and so, so but, but we were scared. Me and my friend were scared that the only choice is now America. And I can't tell you, we were petrified, but there was no other place we have to go, somewhere. So we sheepishly went to the American embassy and said, 
we need to find asylum or would be any way for us to become to come here and to America and the guy goes how'd you make it here so we told him quickly how we escaped he says come on in so he brought us to the consulate inside and tell the consulate how you did so we quickly told him how we escaped and the consulate American consulate stood up now but this is a place where I'm scared to go because of the enemy because the dark because the way we were you know program to think but so I'm just like this and he stands up and he goes welcome home boys <laughs> welcome home this is what our country is made for people like you that risk your life you know to, to be free and I'm like I'm still feeling like crying because how can the worst be so good how can the worst be so good and this whole programming, you know, in, in my mind, began to get reprogrammed. And, and uh, we made it. And, of course, headed to Hollywood uh, because I wanted to continue in you know, the rock and roll career. And, and uh, eventually made it to Hollywood and was very disappointed. <laughs> I mean, Hollywood, the stars and blinking and shining and I'm looking him down and they have pukes on them and people are uh, like prostitutes walking on these boulevards with the shiny stars and and they were dirty and and uh, people are shooting in the corners I mean the place Hollywood and Vine where the music musicians the best musical studio did not look attractive and and I I was I, I didn't know I was really shocked and didn't know what to do and, and I never forget this poster, large poster of David Bowie had this new release. And he was half man, half animal. And I'm going, oh, my gosh. I have to become three-quarter animal to compete with this guy or do something. It's like, what do I have to do? I mean, these things were bombarding me. And, like, I made a mistake. But I, 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 where else can I go? This is the free country. And right at that point, probably the lowest part of my my whole escape story um, where my dreams collapsed I, I I didn't know what to do and then the then these strange weird Jesus people <laughs> hi Jesus loves you he died for you I'm going what are you on? What kind of a <laughs> new drug that makes you silly and weird? And he says, oh, it's not, it's not drug. It's Jesus. He loves you. He died for you. And, and good, time, good thing that they had an accurate word of knowledge. And the word was, don't talk to him. He doesn't get it. Just feed him food, offer food. And food was the accurate word unlocked mysteries you know and through through food evangelism practically um i really appreciate what you're doing with the uh, orphans and these uh, uh, talks foster children i mean i was like that i was a foster kid i was a i was an orphan physically i didn't have a dad so it was like really that way and we we uh that's that spirit that, that I had. And when they began to love on me, and it wasn't just the food. It was just the attention. They just kept looking at you. Come on, sit down. 
and, and loving on me. And, and, and I kept going, why are you doing this? Like, what's your motive? Because like, I don't trust. The communists made you not trust anybody. They're like that. And, and they go, it's just, just, we love you. We believe in you. Jesus loves you. And, and after two months of that, of that crazy love, really, you know, and, and I finally says, okay, I, I can't keep eating their food. Every night they feed me dinner, wonderful dinner. They cook special for me. And I says, I can't do this. Uh, I'm leaving. I'm going back to Hollywood, and I'm going to continue uh, to my. It was kind of like, like a Teen Challenge type. It wasn't that name, but it was similar. You were telling us about your mom and dad and how. Yeah, it, it was kind of like a halfway kind of house working with drug addicts, you know, specifically. In fact, the guy that led me to Jesus was uh, like something like $500 a day a habit of, I don't know what kind of a drug, but it was intense. And so to satisfy his habit, he was going with a gun and shoot, you know, not shooting, but robbing people. And, and he met, uh, so he got, you know, caught and jailed. And in jail, Jesus came and set him free 100% quickly, you know. No, no, like, withdrawal. And, 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 and so he tell me, Jesus, he, 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 he set me free, you know. And so the, the courts reversed the sentence and got him into this house where he was evangelizing. Anyways, all that was crazy for me. But, but I says, okay, now I know there's no God. These, these are crazy people uh, because I'm programmed to believe that there's no God, you know, by the communists. And, and so I'm leaving. I'm going back to Hollywood to, to become an animal. I have to, whatever I have to do in order to, to make it. But, but out of respect for all the cooking and the loving and the kindness and just, just crazy kindness and hospitality and generosity, I'll just give this God that is saying uh, a chance. Like, I know there is no God in stupid, but just out of respect. So I'm going on the side of the mountain because I packed my little bag. I'm leaving in the morning. And this is an evening, and I'm going on top of this mountain, and I'm going, now, how do I, what do I say to God who doesn't exist? Like, I'm like, my, my mind is beating me down. Like, I feel stupid and just, okay, say something, get it over with, and that's it. And so uh, a thought comes to my mind, God do exist. I go, well, that's a good way to prove he doesn't. So say it, and it's done. And so I said, God, do you exist? And the strangest thing, when my breath left with the phrase, exist, something came over me like a blanket, like a, a, like a, a, a canopy of sort. And, and it's like, what? And it's like, I can feel it. I cannot see it. It changed. The acoustics change. You know, I'm a musician, so change of acoustics, I could tell. It's like a, a, like a tent came and made the place small and closer. And it got closer and thicker. And the more I to touch it, I said, what is this? And suddenly the thought that, that maybe this is God, contrary to the communist liars, because, of course, they lie about everything. Hello, I should have figured it out. But, <laughs> but, but you know, you just know what you know. And, and all of a sudden the thought that this could be God went through me, 
and I fell on the dirt without any catchers, and I shook. I shook violently. I went in a violent discovery that there is God. And I mean, like, I said, whatever this is, or I didn't even necessarily thought it was a person, but whatever this is, I want to know. I want to know. I want to know. I want to know everything, everything. Now, I mean, it was so intense, and, and, and got dark and cold, and I went down to the, to the guys' house, or girls, too. There was, there was a mixed uh, little place, and I knocked. Okay, so we're supposed to stop now. So I knocked on the door, and they opened the door, and they go, oh, yes, come on in, come on in. And I was like, yay. And that was, that was the first night with God, the first day with God. And then they said, now ask him for the Holy Ghost, fill with the Holy Ghost. And I go, what's that? Okay, you'll find out. Just ask him. <laughs> Anyways, I got the Holy Ghost, and, and I'm here. Uh, I'm going to stop because my wife also going to share. And she has an amazing, amazing book. This is our curriculum. She the, she's the writer among us. You know, it's, it's our work. This is for serious seekers for God, serious, who want to know the truth in a situation to, to feel totally free in this kind of an environment. Uh, my book, uh, is there anybody that's called Joy? Um, this God's secret weapon for every believer. I hope it's going to help me not to make it secret anymore so we could spread the word that joy is not only legit, it's for every believer. Is there any youngest believer among us I want to give you my book? If you've been saved, like born again uh, last month or two or something. Anybody like that? Help me somewhere. How, how long? In the Lord. No, in the Lord. She's 22 years. Anybody less than two years? Okay, so far you're not getting it. So what's your name? Huh? Bless you. Yeah, I'll sign it for you afterwards. All right, we're going to invite my, my wife, who is, who is a, a welcome her. Whoa! Take those, take those. Whoa, that was in the wrong place. Okay, you're all free to express yourself however you want. Um, yeah, because... Anyway, for I resolved to know nothing, to be acquainted with nothing, to make a display of the knowledge of nothing. I'm reading from a Bible. I wish I could take credit for making this stuff up. It's brilliant. But I have to give credit to a sister in the Lord, Frances Seward. She wrote this. She was in charge of this uh, production, the Amplified Bible. Amplified, it's loud and long because a woman was in charge of it. For I resolved to know nothing, to be acquainted with nothing, to make a display of the knowledge of nothing, and to be conscious of nothing among you except Jesus Christ, the Messiah, and Him crucified. Whoa, I don't have emotional capacity or room or time for anything else. I just don't. 
Who? Who? Nearly 27 years ago, I was dead. I was backslidden, okay? That's worse than being dead. Okay, I was a corpse. My heart was as hard as this concrete floor, harder than that. And I walked into a meeting, a Rodney Howard Brown meeting, uh, against my will. <laughs> I did not want to be there. Why would I want to be there? It was a meeting on a Monday night, and I walked in this building, and I had my escape route all planned. We were supposed to stay in the back. There were 7,000 people in the building. This was Carpenter's Home Church, 1995 of January. We walk in there. Hi, Georgian. We have a seat for you. Oh, down here. And so I'm having a panic attack. We're going down all these aisles, and, this, and people, and I'm looking around. I'm <laughs> So my escape plan was foiled. I, I didn't know how to get out. I couldn't find an exit. Anyway, the moment the worship started, the heavens opened and I was restored. I was restored in the blink of an eye. Everything changed. My beloved, my beloved took me back into his arms. Okay, I lost first love. Okay, it's it's very long, boring story. But my God took me back to that same love. No questions asked. No questions asked. And that's why I'm boasting in nothing but the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ because of that cross. This is from Galatians 6, 14. Be it far from me to glory in anything or anyone except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. <sighs> Look what happens to Bibles when you actually use them. <sighs> wow. He, yeah. I'm going to have to repair him or something. But I actually read the Bible. <laughs> I eat it. I drink it. I devour it. Woo! I crave. I crave the word. I crave him. I crave his wounds. Have you touched his wounds lately? He put your hand in his side lately. You know, he offers his wounds to everybody. Not just doubting Thomas. Don't go, oh, I'm doubting Thomas. <laughs> they were all doubters. They all required extra signs. Huh. The resurrected Christ standing there. Oh, go oh, you don't believe it's me? Hmm. Got anything to eat? The Message Bible, the Message Translation says they gave him the resurrected glorious Christ a piece of leftover fish. Left, oh, we got a leftover for you. Leftover, I got, I, I'm going, oh my Jesus, how much, how, you're still humble yourself. You condescend to us, you go beneath us to lift us up to your table. We give him a piece of leftover fish. So he starts eating it. Imagine the tension in the room. 
Because he's eating it. I think he ate it really slow, just to mess him up, you know? And then he probably asked, Peter, Peter, is this your mom's recipe? It's fantastic. Do you read the scripture like that? You think into it. Do you get in there and talk about eating and drinking? Suddenly, we're transported to his house of wine. Talk about drinking. Holy Ghost, love wine. My Jesus. I can't see that clock or anything. When this goes off, I have to stop midstream. Go and cry. Uh, um, Jeremiah 2, 2. Amplified, go and cry in the ears of Jerusalem, saying, Thus says the Lord God, I earnestly remember the kindness and devotion of your youth, your love, and your betrothal in Egypt and marriage at Sinai when you followed me in the wilderness in a land not sown. Jeremiah 3.14, I am married unto you. Did you know Jeremiah is from the Old Covenant? Yeah, just in case. You're not go. where is that in the battle? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Just, I just want to talk marriage language for a bit. Isaiah 54.5, your maker is your husband. Isaiah 62.5, God rejoices over you like a bridegroom rejoices over his bride. Song of Solomon, I am my beloved's and he is mine. I belong to him. He belongs to me. You speak that kind of language? Yes, you're allowed to, you know. Oh, when the bride rejoices and boasts in the bridegroom, that also indicates that all other lovers are excluded. Yeah. Jesus. Passion Translation. Psalm 49, 15. But I know the loving God will redeem my soul, raising me up from the dark power of death, making me his bridal partner. What? Yeah. And there's a footnote here, just to reiterate. You guys know Brian Simmons, right? This is, yeah, this is his, he's a lover. He's a love theologian. He leans into the romance side of theology. Oh, he will offer his hand to me in marriage. That's what it means. It's another way to define redemption and God receiving you. Okay, we still can't figure out how this transaction happened. How, how, did, how is he made a mistake? No, he hasn't. It's been his eternal design from the very beginning. Wedded to you. There's more. John 3.29. John, the wild John, the Baptist, the wild man. Okay, here's what happened to him. He's hanging around Jesus and he hears something. The wild prophet, he hears the bridegroom's voice. He hears the bridegroom's voice. Speaking over the bride. Prophets in the house, you beware. Be very careful to hear the bridegroom's voice speaking over his bride. Come on. Come on. And the prophet, when he heard the voice, he goes, my 
joy is made full. Make sure you're receiving words from happy prophets. Come on. A true mark of a prophet is joy, fullness of joy. Do, 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 do. Oh, and then we're on to Romans 7. We're married to another. Do you know that? You're married to another? He severed you from your old relationship with old past lovers, old husbands, anyone you were connected to in the past. The old religion, but for the Jews, it was the law. For the Gentiles, it's idolatry and the idol of self. Hello. And he severed you from that. He, in, he embraced you in his death. He said, hey, you come here to me. Let me, let me embrace you on the cross. Come here and be crucified with me. Not, not away from me. Not on your own. You're not on the left. You're not on the right. You're on my cross. This is the lover of your soul. Co-crucified. Have you heard that language around here? I bet you have. Yes. Where did we find that? In Georgie Banoff's Bulgarian Bible. Who found it? It's a joke. There's a joke on all of us, guys. They had their Bulgarian Bible for years and years and years. The original language, original Greek language. Two Greek apostles. How much time do I have? Two Greek apostles. Uh, uh, that was their apostolic mantle to create, uh, what is it, uh, characters to, to uh, create an alphabet. An alphabet. It still remains today the Cyrillic alphabet. Yeah. All the Slavic nations use this uh, alphabet in that language. In there, the Apostle Paul pulled a phrase. They pulled the phrase and cherished a phrase. And it's, a, it's actually a little prefix. Soon, S-O-O-N. And it means, and in our English, it would be co. And the co joins these two words. And not just words, but events. Okay, you're joined in union. It literally means the closest possible union. Oh, Christ said, yes, yes, you should be here. I know you should be here on this cross, but I am more than a substitute. I'm embracing you here with me. So co-crucified looks like one nail through two hands. That's the lover of your soul. Oh, If you died with him, you've been buried with him. Oh, I have another question. Here's a question. Can a maid, this is from Jeremiah 2.32, can a maid forget her dress and her ornaments? Could a bride forget her dress? It's her wedding day. She's going, oh, oh, I forgot. What are all these people here doing all dressed up? Oh, I forgot my dress. It's impossible. It's impossible, girls, isn't it? Absolutely impossible. And yet he says, and yet my people have forgotten me days without number. This is impossible. Uh, Abraham, come out here. See, see the stars. That's your, you know, uh, count them if you can. <laughs> you, 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 you expect me to what? Count this, get a new job, be a star counter, go sure. After a while, you know, I figured it out. Have you been out and see, seen stars? And then after a while, your neck hurts? Just lay down, Abe. Just lay down. Relax. If you're able, count the stars. 
He calls us into it. If you're able, relationship. It's not possible. Oh, good. He gave me a five-minute word. Boy, I'm doing good. I'm speed talking. Okay. Um, yeah, because this was... So can, can you forget? Can you forget? Well, the Apostle Paul. They, it, that's impossible. It's impossible. Here's the Apostle Paul. Woo! Romance. Romance. The book of romance. It's the Italianos. It was a toss-up between the French and the Italianos. I'm going with the Italians. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you know that as many of us were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death, we've been, we're in union, we're in union with him. It's the closest possible union. We have been co-buried with Christ. Okay, co is that prefix attaches to the word. It blows up so big it becomes a realm that you can walk in and live in and disappear in. Just disappear in that cloud, that glory cloud. Just get in there and lose sight. Lose sight. Oh, did you forget? Have you forgotten? Have you forgotten that when we became Christians, we were baptized to become one with him? What, what in the world? How shall we, who are, who are dead to sin, live in it any longer? It's not possible. Oh, yes. Have you forgotten or are you ignorant? These are translations, okay? My translation would be, are you stupid? Are you just stupid? Are you ignorant? Are you ignorant? Did you forget? Or worse than this, did someone forget to tell you? That's the voice translation. Did someone forget to tell you that when Christ died, you died, and that death was unto sin? So when, when Christ died, you died. When he was buried, you were buried too. It's a cold burial, okay? The seed has to go in the ground and die. And you've been planted together in the likeness of his death. This is not a little, Paul labors over this. He labors and he says it this way and this way and this way and this way and that way and that way. Because you're stupid. <laughs> He's like, it's him. what are you doing? What are you doing? Oh, by your baptism, you were buried with him and lay dead. In order that as Christ was raised from the dead in the splendor of the Father, we might too set our feet upon a new path. That's Romans 6, 4. This is, this is co-buried language filleted out. Do we have some of these over there, right? This is just the, uh, this is the Bible. Um, in, in a, in a, oh, look at that breaking too. Oh, my goodness. Woo. Yeah, I actually use that. I actually use this as a teaching tool. So, yes, get it. You have to get it because it's uh, lots of Bibles lined up, just filleted out for you, just like thing after thing after thing, expression after expression. So you're going to get it, okay? You're going to get it. It's going to get in your head and in your heart, okay? Uh, Tanakh, Hosea 2, 19 and 20, I will espouse you forever. I will espouse you with righteousness and justice and goodness and mercy. And I will espouse you with faithfulness. Then you shall be devoted to the Lord. See the old covenant, new covenant. 
It's nothing new. This is marriage language, okay? We, you, who's waiting to go to a marriage supper of the lamb? You know, start eating now. My goodness. Oh, there's a footnote. What I read from there, this is the Tanakh Bible in Hosea. A footnote as, now Hosea's in the Old Covenant, okay? So he's a prophet. He's looking at Christ as the bride price, which the bridegroom will pay. He will confer these qualities on her. What qualities? Righteousness, justice, mercy, goodness, faithfulness. These are wedding gifts. Wedding gifts. Why? So that she will never offend again. Whoa, that's it. That's it. Wow. Don't return those wedding gifts. Why would you do oh, those weren't on my, uh, you know, my bridal register. Well, you, you need a new wedding planner. You need a new wedding consultant. That's what we are. Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Resting Place Tampa. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear. And we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org.